All right. So I just want to welcome everyone back to episode five, the Ad Nutrition Podcast. I have a really awesome guest. Um, She's someone I've been following for a really long time, someone I looked up to when I was competing. And now she's just someone I looked up to as a person and she's putting up a lot of good content now. And um, pretty much, I just want to go ahead and hand it over to Des. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and um, your background? Yeah, no, thank you for having me on. I'm, I'm honored. I, you know, I have my own podcast. So when it comes to talking, we're in the right place. You and I, we, this is going to be a great episode. I'm super excited. Um, but my name's Des. I go by Des B. Uh, my real name's Desiree, but I literally... Please never call me that. Um, I'm a mom of two. I am a fitness coach influencer. I, I use that word lightly. I, I mostly am just truly myself. I've really grown my personal brand around just being me um, and enjoying what I do. So um, now as a mom, you know, my life has shifted, things have shifted. And I'm really just still um, kind of tapping into this new journey of myself. And that's just kind of where I'm at right now. So obviously, we have a, a lot more to kind of expand on. But elevator speech, I'm meeting you and I have 30 seconds to chat. Like That's what I'm telling you. I love that. And um, I really like what you said too. Like you're kind of like in like in your mom life and kind of made like a big transition. And that's really what I wanted to focus on. Like in this podcast, social media has a way of making people feel like they know you. So I like feel like I know you because like, honestly, I did follow like your competition <laughs> journey. And like you're saying, you're just being yourself. And so I really enjoyed following along. But um, honestly, with your competition journey, like you're one of the pros like I was looking up to. Even honestly, before pro, I think I followed your journey a lot more um, before that. And then you like you finally went pro. And I feel like in a point, of course, I'm going to relate because social media <laughs> makes you feel like you just are relatable. It's like <laughs> you go pro, you know, you have this big accomplishment and then you kind of like, you know, you know, like make that transition, which I feel like it's really hard to kind of let go of competing and, you know, do go into like figure out that's what you really want. So can you kind of tell me a little bit about what got you into competing um, and a little bit about like, the beginning of your competition journey. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I look back at this time and it almost... Whenever I speak about it, um, I feel so removed from competing. Sometimes I feel like imposter syndrome slash like I feel fraudulent. Like I'm like, was that really me? You know, it's just such a different point of my life and where I was at. Um, And so when I I speak of it, it just kind of transports me back to really the beginning of of me and my brand. However, it feels so foreign. Um, and I think a lot of competitors can relate when you get so removed from that world. Um, you know, I, I will say too, in competing, I was never really engulfed in bodybuilding. You know, I, I didn't keep up with the Olympia. I didn't keep up with who was winning what and who was my, you know, competition or anything like that. Like I genuinely, it was just me versus me. Um, I wanted to be the best and I wanted to win. So that was a different experience for me as well is like, I really didn't care about, I don't want to say I didn't care about the sport, but it was just, it, I did it against myself. Could I prove myself to myself that I could do this or whatever it may be? So that was a really different outlook that I had to where when I started my competition journey, it was really me learning about how I could utilize my schooling, going to school for exercise science and physiology. How can I utilize my schooling to continue to educate myself and learn about the competition world, about nutrition, about functional movements, biomechanics, all these things I was kind of using to almost further me in school. Um, So in the beginning of my competition journey, it was just kind of fun. I'd recently got kicked off of the volleyball team. And I was just genuinely looking for something to not have me out every weekend drinking alcohol. Like I was was just kind of like on a bender. 
I was really depressed um, while simultaneously like really happy, you know, because I was able to be this person I never was um, playing division one sports, playing sports in college. It's a, it's a full-time job. Like it, it, you wonder why they, you know, athletes get paid now and whatever it's because like, that is your job. It's very difficult. So living this normal life, I knew I wanted to compete. So at the beginning of my journey, I was just doing it for fun and no one else was really doing it around me. Um, nonetheless, documenting it. And I've always been someone to like take photos and I, you know, would do Tumblr in my space and I always had the new photos uploaded. So I loved sharing. I was always an overshare and I make fun of myself for that. But I'm like, yeah, you like, you want to know anything about me? Like, I'll tell you, uh, just give me like a minute. So, um, the beginning of competing was, was a really good outlet for me. Um, and then moving into going pro or having these goals, you know, when I do anything, um, and this can be a double-edged sword for me, when I do anything, I'm, I want to be the best at it. So competing for me was, yes, proving to myself that I could do it, but also like, I'm not going to go compete to lose. Like that was, that's just not in my DNA. It's not how I run things. Um, so I really translated that into the competition world. I ended up having one season in 2016. I did my first ever show. And then um, we did... Did I do one more show after? Or did I only do one? I think I did two. No, I think I only did one. I'm already forgetting, right? That's crazy. But regardless, <laughs> I did like one season. Um, and I, I placed second overall. But I won my class. You know, novice and open mm-hmm. C, whatever I was in. Um, but I lost like the overall title. So then I was like, okay, well, I'm going to take a 15-month build season... So I came back in 2018 and I did three shows. I did one to qualify for nationals. Then I did nationals in Chicago, um, which is where I could have gone pro. I ended up placing ninth. And then I went to Team Universe and that's where I ended up winning um, and winning first. So that that was it. I, I won. I stopped. I moved to Florida. I got my boobs done. All of these things. Um, tried to prep in Thanksgiving of 2018. And I just couldn't do it. Like That's I was, a tough I was so time turned. To do it too. I I was so turned off. We had just moved to Florida. Um, I just got engaged actually too. So it was just like a lot of life changing. And I was like, I can't do it. I'll I'll try again next year. And then I was prepping for the wedding. So I shred for the wedding. And then before you know it, um, we just went through a lot of family loss and moved back to Columbus. And I was like, okay, maybe I'll prep now. And then I was pregnant. So it's like time just really went by like that in life just changed. Um, but once you do reach that tippy top of being pro, you're kind of just like, it's like, you know, they say it's lonely at the top and it's kind of like the vibe of when you win something you've worked so hard for. It's like you win and you're like, now, okay. (laughs) Uh, yeah. So like what, you know, what's the next step? Um, you know, you just, and then that's when most people would have a fire to like win Miss Olympia or Mm -hmm. something. Right. But for me, I just wasn't in that mindset. I was like, okay, cool. I proved it. So like, what's next? Um, and that's just kind of where I'm at now. Now, you know, motherhood was obviously next in my chapter, but now that I'm reaching a new level of myself, I'm like, okay, what does this look like now moving forward? And so we'll we'll kind of see. I'm dabbling with what's next in my journey. Well, yeah, that's awesome. And I just want to highlight a few things. I love like in the beginning where you said like, you know, competing in the beginning, it wasn't because, I mean, 2016, there wasn't anything on online really competing wise. Like it really, it was just maybe starting takeoff. Mm-hmm. So you got into it because you... Like truly, like it was something you wanted to enjoy. It was you versus you. It wasn't because of any other reason other than you just wanted to get on stage and push yourself and it like connect a way for you to honestly put your knowledge to work. And then you just like kind of were documenting it at the time. And I love that you like transition 
into the competing. Again, you're doing it for yourself. You're just someone who like documented it. And I think um, during that time, because my competing journey lines up with you, I started in 2016. And so I think I like you're one of the first people I followed. So it really did kind of like line up in a sense. Um, And I was like really pumped up like when you went pro and I got to like go through everything. But so it was something you enjoyed, something you loved, and then you made like a life transition. um, And it almost was like competing just didn't fit anymore. Like it was something that you wanted to do because you wanted to push yourself and just learn more about your body and, you know, what you could do and transition from sports. But then it almost seemed like it didn't just align with those values anymore. Like you wanted a family, you wanted um, to focus on other things. So I just love that journey. So what was the, like the point you decided to stop competing? Um, was that an easy decision to make? Can you kind of walk me through like, what was like that final straw? Yeah, I think, um, well, my first decision I would say was the prolongment of when I was going to compete again. So when I said, no, I'm not going to prep right now, it was just more so like right now, like I'll get to it in another year or like, I want to enjoy my summer or I want to enjoy living in Florida at the time, you know, whatever it may be. So the decision of not competing, you know, didn't really come until I moved back to Ohio and I got pregnant and kind of just realized like, okay, I'm going to be a mom now. Competing is so selfish. I know I can never do it again um, because I was so shitty to everyone in my life. Not not on purpose, right? But you're just, you're constantly hungry. You're constantly a little bitch and you're complaining all the time and you can't do, you know, birthday dinners and all this stuff. And, you know, there's multiple memories I have of, the last times I had like with my grandparent, uh, my grandpa and my grandma on separate sides. And I wasn't really a part of what we were doing because I couldn't enjoy it. And I remember like being at a birthday party and like I was in the corner pissed because I couldn't have the cake at the time because I was dieting or, you know, whatever it may have been. Um, And now it's like, I look back at how much it controlled those memories. And those are some of my my last memories with people that I love, you know? And so when I became pregnant, I knew that I didn't want to take away a a beach day with my kids because I didn't want to be surrounded by ice cream or, you know, like it was a very, it was a very toxic environment for me at that time. So when I got pregnant, um, I, I tried to track my macros for a little bit, just in the sense of like, knowing I still wanted to give my body nutrients and I still wanted to know what I was intaking. But Not after I was about, controlling more of like, Hey, I want to make sure I'm getting in my nourishment. Yeah. Like I'm just, I'm naturally still concerned about my well being. Like I, I don't maybe want to prep, but like, I still want to just be healthy. You know, that was my mindset. So I was, I tried to track macros. And then once I got to the point of just like, you know, the morning sickness and the fatigue and then the extreme hunger. And I just realized I'm like, I, I can't do this. So one day, um, in March of 2020, I like literally just never tracked my food again. And that's where I've been since. I've never put anything on a scale. I've never scanned anything. I've never even looked at a label. Like I just genuinely don't care. Um, and I found a lot of really great... Um, I, I was able to transition really well going into pregnancy and just kind of learning more about the body in that and understanding different types of fuel and not having to make it so extreme. So during that time, that's kind of when I decided, okay, maybe I... I probably not going to compete again because I'm going to have kids and my body's going to be different. And who knows what my body's going to look like at this time. 
it would be really hard to do it again, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so that's kind of when I made the decision. And it, it was pretty hard because I felt like um, I was more so ran by the decision of like social media. So I was like, wow, like, what do I have now for my my people that followed me? You know, like I, I, I'm this competitor. I'm this person that they followed for that reason. Like what, I'm just a mom now, you know, whatever it may be. And it, it was hard to say goodbye to that like old identity of myself because that's where I really grew not only on social media, but my brand, you know, was a lot based off of, yes, my personality, because I was always very outgoing and very true to myself and dancing and singing and whatever. But I was also, I always looked very, 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 very fit. Like it was a, it was a very, I was very much a body to a lot of people. I was just inspiration, which is beautiful and fine. Um, But now as my journey has evolved, I've seen a huge drop off in my following. However, I've seen engagement flourish in my community and relationships I have with people because I'm not just a body anymore. You know, yeah, I still have a really great physique for having two kids and people are really inspired by that. But I've been able to merge into just who I am and people honoring my journey and and people like you who are still sticking around just because they've loved what I've turned into. So um, it was hard to say goodbye to that because I felt like I was saying goodbye to an opportunity of growth. Um, in terms of like social media and like clout, which it sounds so, I, I'm aware. Oh, of how I it get sounds. it. No, I like. <laughs> I, I don't get likes like I did when I competed. I don't get yes. honestly the support. And um, yep. but yep. much to you, I have actual people that are there for me and not for my body. So I completely relate. Yeah, to that. yeah. It, it's it's a really odd. It's a really odd thing. Um, but you know, a lot of people do it on social media. I'm sure there's people who continue to you know, make really big life changes just because they know people on social media will follow, right? Um, so there's a lot of of hardness in like the decision in that way where I was like, okay, I could be saying goodbye to a lot of my following and a lot of people who... Well, that's scary because you have a business. Because it's not even like you're saying all the identity. It's like, well, how yeah. it, how's this going to translate with my business? But but then you, it's, it's a ridiculous thought now because I know you know like the type <laughs> of people you track now, but in that moment it feels very devastating. It's like, at the same time, it's like, do you want those people around following? Yeah, no, exactly. And I think that's where it was just like, you know what, I got to just go through life. And I got to just know that you're always going to have your people. And I'm not going to put myself through hell, just to like remain relevant in this space or whatever it may be. And um, I know that I'll, I'll find my people somehow. And you know, here I am now, and I've, I've found my people, and it looks different. And but I love it. And so that's kind of, you know, I wouldn't say that this to answer your actual question was, I wouldn't say the decision was like hard in the sense of I knew what was best for me, but it was hard to say goodbye to a version of me of where I really like came up. You know, that was like, that was my starting point. That was my starter story. And that's how I became known. And so to say goodbye to that person so quickly, because I didn't expect to start a family right away. Um, it was really sad because, you know, I, I kind of took off in 2017 on social media. Um, and then really, I would say even, you know, I really took off at the end of 2017 into 2018 when I was going pro. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it kind of, it just like stopped in 2019. You know what I mean? Like I I went pro, made that decision and that was it. So it was just like a really quick chapter of my life um, that again, I honor and I loved so much, but it just changed very fast for me. And so that that's, I think what was harder is just the shift in my life that then translated into the shift of my social media. Yeah, so made that big transition. And so for like our like the people listening that are probably like might even go through this, um, what were like the steps you took 
um, right after you stopped competing. I know you said you stopped tracking macros, but what are the other things you did to help with body image, um, you know, or just overall your nutrition approach? What were the actual steps during that transition that you took? Yeah. So once I was done competing, again, I, I still tracked macros for like a year and a half after. Like I was still preparing to know that I was going to compete again. So I would say, like I said, that the big shift happened when I found out I was pregnant. Um, so a lot of it was it was <laughs> kind of a double double whammy because not only was I getting used to my new body image of not tracking, figuring out nutrition, but then I'm I'm literally my body is changing every single week being pregnant. It was a, it was a very interesting phase. Um, so going into that, you know, I I personally quit cold turkey. Like like I said, one day I literally just woke up and was like, I can't do this. I'm not tracking. Um, I think that having the the leniency in my diet prior to that was very helpful. You know, I I knew that I could go out and like have a day untracked. You know, it was not like foreign to me. However, I think that the the biggest steps that I did was number one, like other than my pregnancy photos, because I documented that, I stopped taking like progress photos of, of any sort, you know, and I did that after I really got done competing. I probably did another progress progress photos up until my wedding, like because I was shredding for the wedding. And then I stopped taking photos. I stopped doing myself every day. Um, and I even throughout my whole pregnancy, I I didn't even weigh myself. Like when I was at the doctors, I'd be like, yeah, I, I don't care. I don't need to know. Um, and some people would be like, say, would think that that also is a problem. Like you're like, oh, you can't even look at the scale. But for me, it's like, it, it wasn't worth it. Like I genuinely just didn't care. Like it was like, I like to wake up in the morning um, and I like to feel how I'm feeling. If I can tell, you know, by the time you're so hyper aware of what your body is, if you're bloated, what settles well with your stomach, what doesn't, you don't need a scale to tell you that you're up probably a pound or two. Like you just, you don't need it because you know it. You're hyper analytical of your body. Um, so I really took those natural cues to where when I would wake up in the morning, I'm like, oh, I felt really great. I could analyze, okay, well, like, what have I done this past week that has been maybe a little bit different? Um, and so I could pull, you know, bioanalytics from that of like the past week of like, okay, well, I did a lot of, you know, whole wheat toast for breakfast. You know, I've, I've noticed at, I stopped eating around like nine. I feel like my digestion, that was really great. You know, like there's different things I still kind of kept in my mind. Um, you control the things you could literally control. Like you didn't, yes. you weren't hyper-focused. You're letting your body do what it needed to do. But like, hey, if you weren't feeling good or, you know, if, you know, body fat were creeping on like at a rate you didn't like, like you could honestly just check on actions. But I like felt like I did the exact same thing. I went cold turkey and I had people be like, how can you just go cold turkey? I'm like, it's scary. It is. But mm -hmm. at the same time, it's like, if I wouldn't have went cold turkey and in the past in past competitions where I try to do a reverse diet and I was being super strict, that was worse because I would end up overeating anyways instead mm -hmm. of actually tuning back in with my fullness, my hunger cues, and um, finding out what works for my digestion. And so, like, I tried competing actually last year, and I, um, you know, I cut cold turkey after that, and I felt like I was uncomfortable in the beginning. But then eventually, you're like, okay, no, I want to get back to feeling good. And ever since then, it's like, no, just stick to your basic nutrition, stick to your basic meals, get back into your routine um, and uh, and adjust from there. But um, anyways, yeah. continue to what your thoughts, what you're saying. No, no, that that's exactly it. It's like, if, you, if you've already done the work and you've already put in the education and understanding, especially just even your own body, you understand your own body, 
it's not as hard as it seems. I think it's just more scary to feel the lack of control when a lot of us want control. Um, But for me personally, I just knew that it was better for me to relearn myself, relearn my body, and also just relearn my relationship with food, no matter what kind of food that was. Um, You know, it could have been, you know, Portillo's because I went out with my family. It could be a really nice home cooked meal. Like it doesn't matter what it is. How am I viewing that food? And then, so I, I feel like a, a change up of just like honoring my hunger cues mixed in with like eliminating the progress photos, eliminating the consistent body checking. I mean, I remember specifically, like I really never heard the term body checking until probably like before I was pregnant. It kind of was like a a word I saw thrown out a little bit, maybe on like YouTube or, you know, something. And I was like, body checking. I was like, oh shit. Like I do that every morning. Like I wake up, I flex my abs to make sure they're still there. And then I, you know what I mean? Like it's a a Mm -hmm. weird thing, but we all do it. If there's a mirror, we're looking, we're checking, we're looking. Um, And I found that like, as I just allowed my body to do its own thing and really honored it and also woke up with my own personal like feelings of like, wow, I feel really great this morning. I feel really energized or whatever it may be. Um, I, I would never look at myself in the mirror. Like I, I literally could go to the bathroom, wake up, do my skincare and walk out. Like I didn't feel like I had to like lift up my shirt mm-hmm. or like, you know, look, look down at my body. Like, what am I looking like? Or whatever it may be. So there's small things, but there are things that you can be aware of. It's like, you know, what you're doing, are you doing too much of it? Um, and I feel like for me too, this was really hard for me, but I deleted pretty much all of my photos ever um, of me in my competing phase. And the only place you can really find those is on like YouTube videos or Instagram. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't go back and delete, but my personal like camera roll or anywhere on my Facebook memories, um, I would hide them. Cause you know, one day I might want to show my kids what I did, right? I don't want to delete everything of that chapter. You of just my don't life want it to whatever. be a trigger. You just want Correct. it to be like out of your way. Like you can be proud of that, but you don't want it constantly in your face pretty much. Yeah. 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 And I, I think the word trigger too, like I, I have very strong feelings about that just because it's like, in order to not have something be a trigger, you do need to like work through that. Right. But if there's certain, if it's everywhere, like with how much I posted my body during that time, I just don't need to see it at every angle every day um, because that's all I posted during that time, you know? And so it was just like, I don't need that. I can, I can remember what I look like. I can see my photos and be really proud of it. But in terms of like my progress photos, all those extra photos I had in the bathroom or whatever it may be, I just didn't, I didn't need it all. So I think deleting a lot of the, those memories that were just, even at that time, I'm taking that photo thinking I'm still fat. You know, it's like, I I don't need to be transformed back to that moment where I still didn't think I was small enough. So it's not about um, the triggers. It's more of like the memories that it Yeah, it's just like, I wasn't even, I wasn't even happy then. Like I wasn't even happy that day. Um, You know, I even remember getting in TNX, New Jersey, which is where Team Universe was, which is what I ended up literally winning and going pro. And I got there... I landed like two days before the show and I remember looking in the mirror and I was like, I'm so bloated. I'm, I can't believe I flew in only two days before. I'm not going to win now. Um, I, I look terrible. I look watery. Like, and again, your competitor shit's way different. And, you know, look from the outside looking in, but I'm like, I ended up winning, you know, like it's like, I'm crying in the bathroom thinking that my body wasn't small enough. Um, which again, it's relative because that's what you need at that level. But it was just, it was just like, I don't need to remember that Those feelings. and look back at the photo. Yeah. yeah. And when I'm like smiling, you know, just landed and I'm, I'm shredded. And I know that in reality, I was just crying in the bathroom because I didn't look small enough. You know, it's, 
just I didn't I just didn't need to remember that. And I feel like a lot of that I will say and disclaim like I was 22 years old, 23 years old, I'm sorry. Like I there's a lot of maturity that occurs between 23 and 28. So, mm-hmm. you know, me com- me competing now, going back to it at 29, 30, whatever it may be, I feel like the sense of maturity and outlook would be 100% different um knowing what I know now. Yeah. So what you're saying, like if you were to go back to competing though, like you feel like you could have like a better outlook on it. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I think, I think it was, I think there's a lot of factors that went into my first experience of what I shared, how I shared it, the social media impact on me at the time, you know, my accounts blowing up at the time. I have all these eyes on me. It got in my head like there's just a lot of things that were going on in combination of me being just like an ignorant 23 year old woman, you know, who was independent and fiery and sassy. And, you know, that was me at the time, hundred percent. Like that was just who I was, but again, maturity experiences life, it changes you. And so I feel like if I were to go through with competing again, I would just have a very, very different approach. Um, I'd be able to have a better mental check-in and I think I would just be able to control it in a lot in a lot more healthy way than I did at that point in my life. Yeah. And so that just came from like those years of growth though. And you don't think that could happen without the time passing and having that healed healing process, like honestly take taking time away from it. So um yeah. just to like what are like the three ways, like you say, like the biggest like your mind has shifted over the years. I know you mentioned like the steps it took, like you stopped body checking, but what were like the three main mindset shifts that did occur during that time specifically? Yeah, I think the biggest changes in like mind mind shift was number one, just like being present. I think with competing, I was always focused on what the next show was going to look like and what the, you know, well, when I win this, I'll be happier. When I do this, I'll be happier. When I finally get down to 120 pounds, I'll be happy. You know, there was always just like what what's next? It was never what's now. And I think that I've translated that even into like my life every single day now is not being able to or being able to not focus so much about the future and just truly live in the present, um, which again, I think like would completely transform a journey of any sort. Um, So that that would be like number one is just like not waiting for X, Y, and Z to occur to find happiness or gratitude or whatever it may be. And that's a work in progress. You know, you have to truly wake up every day and choose to live in gratitude and live in the present. Um, and so some days, you know, I'll get engulfed in worrying about the future, thinking about the future. Oh, when the when the kids are older, when they're finally in school, I'll do this, whatever. And then mm-hmm. they're going to be in school and I'm going to cry. You know, it's like, there's it's just something about the future. That's mm-hmm. number one. Um, number two would just be like the ability to see my body for what it is and honor it where it is. I really truly do believe in set point theory. Like I I think that your your body hums at a certain status um at all times. And you know, I I think to try to redefine that for yourself is very difficult. Um now some people might go through like massive transformative weight loss, um, you know, lose a hundred pounds, two hundred pounds, um, because their natural set point isn't supposed to be four hundred pounds, right? It's supposed to right. be you know, whatever it may be. So relating that to like different weight loss transformations, it changes, but your average build 
there's something where your body just hums. Okay. You're talking and, and about thought, with your current healthy habits, there's a set point. Like if you have everything yeah. that is balanced, you have a good rhythm, you're healthy, your body's going to set where it needs to be. It, it's just naturally, it's yeah. like for me, I, I always hum around 140 to 145. Mm-hmm. That, like the, it, it really takes a lot of work for me to tip over that. Um, It takes a lot of work for me to really tip under that. Mm-hmm. Um, So it, it's... It's just where I lie. So I think honoring my body for that, I stop chasing a number and I just chase a feeling. You know, maybe at X amount of, you know, time of the year, my feeling, I would step on a scale, maybe it's 145. The the other time of year, maybe in summers, I'm more naturally active. I'm outside, I'm walking, I'm running Mm -hmm. around. Maybe my natural feeling where I'm like, oh, I feel good right now. I would step on a 140, you know? So Mm -hmm. I, I think just honoring the feeling versus the number um, and then allowing my body to just hum where it needs to be. Um, it has been also a very transformative feeling. And then number three mindset shift um, would just be the idea that I don't always have to, I don't always have to take the progress photos. And again, it just, it came habit when I was competing, you know, you're, you're sending progress photos to your coach, you're, you know, doing this every single week. Um, and for me, you know, I'll take progress photos for my challenges, like our six week challenges I'll do before and after photos, just like everyone else. But when it comes to like the rest of the time around like life, you know, I'm not just gonna like pull out my phone and see what I'm looking like. Um, and I think being it's able the to mindset again, behind it is what it is. Yes. It's like that's the difference. It's not like progress photos are an issue. It's why you're taking them and your mindset Correct. around it. Correct. And my mindset around it still relates it back to the competing phase. And again, you know, if I were to compete again, I'm gonna have to take progress photos again. And if I do choose to ever do that, I'm gonna be in the mindset where I'm ready to do that. Um, and again, I'm going to have maybe a different approach to it or be able to openly explain to a coach, hey, here's what I'm doing. You know, this is what we're going to do because this is what I want to do and how I'm going to approach it. But regardless, I think just being able to have like the mindset that I don't always need to know what my body looks like is is beautiful. You know, I, I think going through a transformative year, two, three years of life, you know, having two kids, going through um, breastfeeding, seeing what my body can do, seeing the strength that I have in it, see carry a baby, see it, you know, birth a baby, feed a baby, etc. It's you you have a different appreciation. And again, that's where I relate it back to like if I were to prep again, I feel like I would have a different outlook on my body and what it does. Um and just the gratitude behind it and how grateful I am for it versus at you know 22, 23 where I'm just like, oh yeah, like my body can drink a half a fifth every weekend. You know, like mm-hmm. woo like that, that that's the most strength that I've seen of it other than being able to like bench press and sumo deadlift, you know, whatever. So now I can see a much different approach in my mindset as well as like my training and everything above and beyond. I just honor my body so much more and I'm not so focused on impressing other people like I used Mm -hmm. to. I just, I I impress myself. And um, within that, I impress other people because I'm not trying to impress them. And so it's, it's a weird like orthodox feeling, but it's like by not trying to impress everyone... I'm actually impressing them more because yeah, you're I being yourself don't and give it a comes shit. off. Yeah, I don't yeah. care. <laughs> I don't yeah. care anymore. Um, when again, you know, it, it was just different when I was younger. And I feel like everyone says it as they get older, they're like, you know, yeah, wait till you're 30. You just don't give a shit anymore. Um, but it just, it comes with maturity. You know, there's just a lot of growth that's occurred. And I don't think the old me was like dumb or anything. She was just, you know, young and, and things are just so different when you're in your early 20s. I feel like I'm going through it now. I'm 26 now and I can even like feel that shift happening. And I honestly probably still struggling with it, but I feel myself tipping over into that because what you realize is if you are trying hard just to get people to like you, you're not being yourself and you end up being friends with people you don't even like, honestly. And so 
And then once you like start, you kind of get burnt, you know, a little bit, but it's also your fault for not just being mm-hmm. yourself. And so you kind of, you'll figure that out like yourself. But I yeah, kind of want to zone back out. So it sounds like competing might be something you might want to be doing in the future. So what <laughs> would you, um, how are you going to go about it if you do? Like, what are the big changes? Like, and what would your end game be? Like, if you are to step on stage again? Yeah, you know, like, I'm not gonna lie, it gives me goosebumps, like even just hearing that because yeah, I, I've been tossing it around a lot. I just, I love winning. I love winning. I love a challenge. I love training for a challenge. And I genuinely, like, I think the years and years I played sports, explosive sports, volleyball, I'm jumping, I'm running, I'm sprinting, I'm doing track, I'm playing basketball has led me to the physique I'm at right now. You know, I have a really Mm -hmm. dominant lower body from, you know, Mm -hmm. sprinting, explosive sports, jumping, plyometric movements. Um, and then upper body, I've just naturally always had a, a very like broad kind of like build. Um, everyone always thought I was a swimmer, you know, it's just like, which is great for a bikini because we got, yeah, exactly. We got kind of like the X frame. Um, and I've always, I, I've re really recomped my body since college into like a, you know, a leaner build. It's just kind of how I run. And, you know, a lot of that is genetic. You, you would look at my parents and you'd be like, oh yeah, like no wonder you look like that. However, there's a lot of hard work that has gone into it, obviously. But mm. yeah, like I'm very grateful to have athletic parents as well. So when I think of like the future and I think of how I would go about that, I think right now, you know, I've just found such a beautiful balance with nutrition. Um, I've been able to understand my body even deeper. I've also gained that maturity. I've gained that mental clarity. I've also realized that ice cream will always be there. Mm-hmm. Cheesecake will always be there. Burgers will always be there. Fries will always be there. I've realized that if there's a birthday party for my child, I'm not going to miss out on it and I'm not going to not enjoy it. But I've re- I've really dove into the understanding that like whatever you claim you're going to lose during a prep, because it's, it's hard, you know, there's no doubt you're going to get it back. And I think being able to go through that and see it now and realize like, oh yeah, I don't need a burger and I don't need to eat the whole thing. I've been able to retrain and, and learn that. So I think if I were to approach a prep now, I would be able to know that like this is why I'm doing it and know the the outcome in the future. I'm going to get right back to where I was. I also think that with like my consistent rate comp that I've had, um, my figure, and again, this is just like, I'm very grateful that I've been able to maintain this, but to see my body go into a prep mode wouldn't be too much different than what I look like right now. Um, versus like when I first prepped, I really did lose like a ton of body fat um, because I had body fat to lose when now I have a pretty like maintainable build where a prep wouldn't be as difficult for me as it would be the first time I ever prepped. Isn't that so crazy how that happens? You take a it, step back, you heal your relationship with food. And I was, I tried to tell my clients that sometimes I'm like, I know it's scary at first. You think you're going to gain all this weight, but some, like when you really heal your relationship with food, your body usually... And I say this doesn't happen for everybody, but it sometimes does for some people lean like on a leaner physique because you're working out because you enjoy it. You're eating foods. You're not finishing your hamburgers things because you're not so obsessed with food. And it's, it's crazy mm-hmm. how that can happen. But what you're saying is like you've landed at this place to where you feel like you wouldn't have to be super insane, like strict because you're already, yep. you're not having to lose 20, 30 pounds. Like you could probably lose 5, 10, 15 pounds and be where you needed to be to step on stage. Yeah. And I think knowing, I think seeing my body at that point and knowing where I would get back to, like, again, going back to like my set point, 
I wouldn't be as brass and like upset with it because I would genuinely understand the sport even deeper to know what I had to look like versus expecting it to be an all year round thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've also, I've seen my body at almost 200 pounds, you know, pregnant. So it's like, I've seen everything now where I feel like I also can accept everything. So, you know, I think like zoom out, it's definitely a decision that I need to take very seriously because I don't want to jeopardize my kids, losing time with my kids, losing a a summer with my kids, you know, having to say no to X, Y, and Z. I don't want them to grow up. And and this is where I kind of like dabble in it. Um, I don't want them to grow up and remember like, oh yeah, mommy never ate the ice cream. You know, mommy never wanted to have cake with us. I don't want to bring negative connotations of food into my children's life ever. However, I love the idea of them seeing me work hard for a goal. So they're still young enough where I don't know if they would necessarily remember, you know, oh yeah, mommy prepped, you know, versus if they're like six years old watching mm-hmm. me prep for a show. But I, uh, but I do want to make sure I'm very conscious about the decision that I'm making because I want to make sure I'm fostering a, a home of really solid, healthy food relationships and, you know, being able to eat what you want um, and be mindful of it and enjoy it while also, you know, focusing on nice nutrient-dense foods. So it's a very serious decision that I would be making. It's definitely not something for you know, a selfish reason of just for me, I have a family to think about now, but it is something that, you know, my husband and I've talked about and he's expressed his support for me. Um, And now we just kind of have to zoom out of like timeline and, you know, I would definitely need to build a little bit, put on a little bit more muscle mass Mm -hmm. again from, you know, post breastfeeding. So it would still be a little bit out, but there's definitely a a thought of it um, and being able to like, I think having a comeback story after two kids, I mean, there's something just like really prideful about that. And I feel like it would just really light a fire fire under my ass to do it, not just for me anymore. You know, I'd be I'd be doing it for like the 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 family. You know what I mean? Yeah. It'd be like put me in the ring, you know, and that's my mom. You know, I don't know. There's there's something very prideful about doing things when you know you've had two babies that are just warriors of themselves, and to be able to come back and have like that kind of story, it, it just kind of gets you gets you excited to maybe do it. Yeah, and it sounds like just to relate it back to the end game that your end game would be just to kind of have that comeback story to really push yourself and to you know show your kids like you can do those things. And then like on the flip side too, just um just being honest with your kids because like obviously like I feel like you can prep and still foster a healthy like talk around food. Like you can say, hey, mm-hmm. I'm doing this for this reason. It's not that ice cream is bad. It's just for this goal, and you know, right. eventually get back. So I feel like there's definitely a way to go about it, and I love that you're already thinking about that because. I've seen like kids are just so impressionable. I don't have kids myself, mm-hmm. but I have nieces and nephews. And, but I feel like you can communicate with them too. And we just watched, you know, how you say your things and why you're doing those things. So I think that would be yeah. wonderful. But, yeah, um, absolutely. And just to like close it up, I don't want to spend too much of your time, but what are like two or three tips um, for those that maybe don't have a healthy relationship with food that maybe are still trying to control like either their post-competition or post-dieting. I know you mentioned a couple earlier, maybe body checking, but what are the main tips that you feel like they need to walk away with to reach that set point? Yeah, I think that a lot of it is just relinquishing the idea of control and not hyper-analyzing your body. Like it's, it's so easy. I mean, so many people that are just like hyper obsessed with food right now, if you told them not to track for a day and almost like placebo them, like, Hey, I'm going to meal prep for you, but like, you're not allowed to track. And you gave them their same macros, but in different foods. Right. Mm -hmm. So ideally they ate the same thing as yesterday, just different food options. Right. But they didn't know that Mm -hmm. they would wake up the next day and be like, I think I'm bloated. 
I think I'm up five pounds. I, um, I, I can tell these jeans are fitting different. And it's like you, li- like you literally ate the same amount of calories, the same macros. I just made different meals. So I think it's important to remember that different foods are going to do different things to you. And, you know, continuing to check in with that. And again, keep those mental notes like, okay, I feel kind of like crap today. Did I eat something yesterday? Did I, oh, you know, oh, I had sweet potatoes, a lot of them. Okay, maybe next time I won't do that. I'll check it out. But it's, it's like you can, you're allowed to keep track of that stuff. I don't think we're ever like fully intuitive because at the end of the day, after you've tracked macros, like you can look at a donut and know that's well, probably it's a, literally a, anything part. though. I want to say too, like you have to have self awareness. Um, my clients who yes. don't track macros, you still need to, like you said, be self aware. Like, what are you yep. eating? Like, are you eating three meals a day? Like, um, do you know what you're eating? Like, you still have to know what you're eating if you want to feel your best just to be and yeah. to be self-aware. Yep. So, but anyways. Yeah. And no, you're good. I, I think that too, like going into those decisions of the day of like, okay, well, what am I going to eat or what am I going to prep? I always try to aim for like, okay, what is my protein source first? Not how much of it, just what is my protein source? Where is mm-hmm. that coming from? Um, so I'll be like, okay, like I'm going to do like some lean beef. All right. So, um, you know, maybe starting out with, if you want to track in a way of like, you're like, okay, I'm going to at least have like a palm full of protein you know, maybe like using that type of thing to then merge into not doing anything is helpful because, you know, all of a sudden you see a palm full of beef for two weeks before, you know, you don't need to, you don't need to look at your palm and measure, mm-hmm. you know, what it looks like on a plate. Um, so taking those baby steps to uh, being able to see certain things, and, you know, if you're, if you're venturing into something like, for example, rice, that shit can add up real fast, right? We mm-hmm. all know that. So maybe you still measure out your rice and you do the the hundred grams. Like there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, having an idea of like, where can you draw the line and where do you maybe still need a little bit bit of assistance to understand, again, what it looks like. And then before you know it, you remember what it looks like. So I think like doing baby steps is completely okay. You don't have to go like cold turkey of just like, I'm never tracking anything again. Um, And then when you you are going out and you're having like meals that, you know, maybe one tab before or whatever, if you're hungry, like just don't feel like you need to like finish. And I, I, it sounds so silly, but man, I I look back on my old time. Like I used to never not finish my my plate. Like I like I would have to finish all the fries because I knew I wouldn't probably have fries again for a week or two or you know whatever it may mm-hmm. be. Um, and so once you're kind of free of that and realize you could have fries four times a week, all of a sudden you're not finishing your fries to where that four times a week turns into only the single serving you would have typically had because mm-hmm. you didn't because you didn't feel like you had to finish it all right. So. Um, I think like that too, being able to put yourself in those situations too and see how you handle it. And if you go out one day, maybe it's your first few times and you notice, oh, wow, I really feel like I overate. That's okay. Like admit to that. It's so learning. It's like... It's what you... Yes. You have to practice. You you have to practice. So putting yourself in those positions, like you have to. And, you know, to have one bad meal, to have one off weekend and learn from it, you're not just going to gain like 10 pounds of fat over mm-hmm. one weekend, but are you going to carry that weekend into the next week, into the next weekend, into the next week? And then all of a sudden you're on a bender for three weeks. That's where we're going to see a consistent change in you know body composition. But if we're allowing ourselves practice, you know, you practice how you play. So being able to, you know, practice uh, in going out with your friends, all of a sudden you're taking that into your week to week by being able to go out for lunch and have a, you know a better decision knowing that you're going to then go out to dinner there's some days where I'll go out to I'll go out like three times in one day you know one time my my in-law was in my mother-in-law we did 
breakfast somewhere. We went to lunch somewhere and we went to dinner somewhere. I woke up the next morning, looked fantastic because I, I just ate what I, what I needed to. And well, I it's needed that mindset. A lot of people here, like yeah. you have to give yourself permission to eat all foods. It's not saying eat trash all the time, but if you allow yourself to have permission, you can look at that day where you eat out three times a day. It's like, I have three chances to eat out. Maybe for mm-hmm. breakfast, I'm going to choose something that makes me feel good. For lunch, I'm going to choose something. And this restaurant is where I maybe like want to have something a little different, but you're listening to your fullness cues. You're not feeling... Mm-hmm. Um, you, you have an abundance mindset. So you know you can mm-hmm. have these things again. You're not having to just go all out. And so it's that permission to eat those foods and it's that abundance yep. mindset that you have to have. And it's it's practice that gets you there. It sounds ridiculous until you've gone through it. Because like if you'd have told me while I was competing, like I remember looking at another influencer and she's told me she, like she posted she did not track macros. I'm like, there's no way. There's no way. that kind of, right. like, You don't understand it until you go through it. And it's... yeah. You got to do all those steps you're saying, like stop body checking, um, wean off tracking food and practice. Be okay to fail. You're going to overeat. You're going to have weekend benders. You're going to have those things, but you got to self-reflect and then you got to yeah. make the plan. You got to keep practicing. So I love that. But yeah, I think it's too very important to just like stay true to you and to focus on you um, because there's a lot of people out there who will also like, especially on social media, like just don't get engulfed in it. There's so many people that, that lie about what they're eating or they'll, they'll show what they're eating. They don't actually eat it. Um, or, you know, or they, they tell you they're eating all day and like, they really only eat twice a day. Like just that's again, when you have to just continue to fo- just focus on you, like you mm-hmm. just, you never know what anyone else is actually doing, what they're on, what they're doing. So just like literally just stay tunnel vision to doing what's best for you and you only, um, and yeah, you can get inspiration of like food ideas. You know, I'm not saying like, don't get ideas, but when it comes to like, okay, well, how can she stay so lean? But like, she eats all of this. Some, maybe sometimes they don't, you know, it's like, you just never know. So again, keep it like you versus you. And I feel like putting all of those tips in one, it's just, it's a learning phase. And before you know it, like, you're like, wow, I've never been in a better position. Um, and, and it feels really great and really freeing. And then if you ever do go into that like cut phase again, or if you're a competitor and you want to prep again, I feel like the, the reward in the ex, the experience is so much better because you know what the end goal is. You know, you can get there again. And you know, like, you know why you're doing the challenge you're doing now instead of using it as like a transformative, like body image thing. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Right. Yeah. yeah. It's not, it's, um, you know that your end goal is not staying super lean. You know that that's not your end goal. You know you can get back to healthy body fat, healthy relationship with food. It's not, mm-hmm. that's not the pinnacle. Like, you know you yeah. can get back to that place. So, but, yeah, yeah, you want, you kind of understand the sport deeper too. Like, if you're competing, you just, you get it. So, yep. yeah, it, it's a it's a long road and, it, and it's hard. And I feel like that's where a lot of people give up or they give in and then they develop like, you know, negative eating, like an eating disorder or disorder eating tendencies. Um, but also I think it's very important to, to seek out help for that and, Mm -hmm. um, seek out resources that, you know, don't involve people on TikTok or people on Instagram, like, you know, (laughs) go in person or do your like actual research, find people, um, that are qualified enough to help you and support you, not just people who have recovered themselves and, you know, use, use those people for inspiration and, you know, motivation, but you actually find help because it's something that can really just destroy like your day to day. And it's, it's very sad to see that happen to some people. Yep. So get the help, get the professional help. Um, if you feel like it's something that continues to like trickle in, but um, it's, it's available for anyone, you know, it's yep. like you can, I promise you can do it too. Yeah. Yeah. They need to check in on that, especially if they're going to step on say check in that relationship with, with food. And it sounds like you did mm-hmm. the work, you know it. So hopefully we'll see you maybe on stage again one day. 
and I'll be cheering you on. So I I'll know. be super excited. All right. I yes, feel like I'm I just got too. I, I feel like I just got like the secret deets. So I feel I know. I haven't really <laughs> shared that anywhere. So this is a this is an exclusive TMZ exclusive. <laughs> yeah. Nutrition exclusive. I'm gonna be posting there you go. sending it to the news outlets. No. <laughs> honored. I, I feel very honored, but thank you for sharing that. And so just to wrap it up, um, where can my followers find you and how can they get a hold of you and all that? All that, yeah. Um, well, you can find me anywhere. Just search Des B D E S B as in boy with three underscores. Um, you literally, I think all my handles are Des B now, so that that makes it very easy and cohesive. Very simple. Yeah, uh, very simple. Um, you can find me every Sunday on my personal podcast, Brunch with Des B, and again, um, that is every Sunday. I do YouTube, and yeah, I'm just I'm I really am everywhere. So you can probably just Google me too, and yeah. you know something's gonna pop up. But Des B. I need, with three underscores. I need y'all to realize how cool she is. So you like look at her stuff. I'm going to like <laughs> at everything in the bio um, underneath so you can all see it. I don't ever know how to end a podcast. So we're just going to say goodbye. And I thank you so again. much for coming on. Yes. Thank you for having me. Goodbye, guys. Bye. And thank you for allowing me to be a part of your day. <laughs>